Welcome to the Road to Kyoto podcast from the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. I'm Ian Tennant. The Road to Kyoto is a series of discussions with some of the leading experts who study and track organized crime and related policy challenges. The series was designed to look ahead to the UN Crime Congress, which usually takes place every five years. The Congress is an opportunity for the international community to come together and discuss issues related to crime prevention and criminal justice. It was scheduled to take place in Kyoto, Japan in April 2020, but has now been postponed due to the coronavirus outbreak. This week, I'm delighted to be talking to Olivia Rope, Director of Policy and International Advocacy at Penal Reform International. Olivia, Penal Reform International has long experience of engagement at the Crime Congress. In the past, what has the value been for you as a civil society organisation in engaging there? And what do you think you have been able to achieve over that time? We have always sort of engaged with the Crime Congress and the UN Crime Commission as its subsidiary body, mainly because it's the largest international forum that gathers decision makers, practitioners, civil society like us, that are working on issues to do with crime in the wider sense of the term. So we work on prisons, criminal justice processes, probation, and so on. So it's really important for PRI to reach all of these stakeholders to influence you know, the agenda being set by the Congress. And I think because the Congress lays down the work and the priorities for five years of the Crime Commission, which is held in Vienna every May. So it's very important to be present and be part of those processes. We also think that usually it's quite inaccessible or difficult for people who have been in prison or people who have, you know, served a sentence in the community to be at these types of UN meetings, which I think is a a shortcoming of the UN in many ways. And so I also think that PRI can bring those voices and kind of represent those people to ensure that political speak and and all the talks that go on have a bit of a reality check of, you know, their decisions to make sure that they understand what impact these decisions have on individual people. What what have we achieved? Um, Well, you know, the Crime Congress has adopted in the past key international standards on the treatment of prisoners, including the standard minimum rules for the treatment of prisoners back in 1955, which were then revised in 2015 and are more commonly known as the Nelson Mandela rules. And also the UN Bangkok rules on women prisoners. The idea came out of one of the Congresses and then PRI played a very important role in, in pushing for standards specific to women. And so I would say that, you know, aside from kind of setting the agenda on certain issues, I think PRI has been very proud to play a key part in the adoption and kind of development of these standards, which which now really form the foundation of all of the work that we do. I mean, you, you've, you've spoken there about some of the tangible achievements that have been made in terms of the kind of the standards and norms, the, the Nelson Mandela rules. I mean, these are obviously very important for how the prisons around the world and how the, the national institutions implement 
the policies. So what do you think the effect will be on you as an organization, but more importantly, as the, for the people working at the more grassroots level of the postponement of the Congress? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely unprecedented. And I think just so much effort went into preparing for Kyoto. You know, we were all supposed to be flying out at the end of this week. So it's kind of beyond the kind of practical implications I think some of the big issues will be kind of can, you know, civil society representatives afford to rebook another trip to Japan? Perhaps NGOs lost money, you know, couldn't cancel their trips with no fees and so on. But also because of, you know, the whole coronavirus crisis, a lot of priorities have maybe changed. There's also additional demands indirectly or directly from the crisis. And I think a lot of NGOs will be needing to kind of rethink, you know, they've had to postpone other important work. And so I feel like perhaps a bit of momentum has been lost in some degree, but also PRI and other civil society members, we really need to mobilize and support, especially grassroots organizations to come to the Congress when it does take place, because there's so many important issues which have now been, the light has kind of been shed on them or they're being exacerbated by coronavirus. And so it's absolutely critical that we don't lose that civil society voice when the Congress does take place. You raise some very important points. I think one of the the things that we've been doing at the Global Initiative is looking at the impacts of the coronavirus outbreak on organised crime. And clearly PRI are, are doing the same on criminal justice and prison issues. And we really hope that when the Congress does take place, that it's reflecting the changed times and the changed priorities. And it's not just a rerun of the Congress that would have taken place. Can you speak a bit more about what impacts you have seen on the prison sector and criminal justice issues from the COVID outbreak? Quite a lot of countries, if not all, have banned or restricted visitation rights for people in prison. Some countries have moved to release large numbers of prisoners to kind of reduce the risks. I mean, we're quite terrified because while in Europe we've seen lots of cases pop up in prisons, mostly they have been able to be contained because there's, you know, adequate resources, there's processes in place and on the whole there's like let's say moderately good healthcare systems and especially coordination between prison health and public health but you know where PRI works like in Uganda we work in Yemen and in these developing countries where there are huge numbers of people in prison in overcrowded cramped conditions a lack of healthcare, even basic necessities, access to water to wash your hands, for example, is very much limited. We're very concerned about what will happen when coronavirus really hits those countries and it looks like the number of cases will increase. So yeah, everything's changed. And as you said, I think it's really important for the Kyoto Congress and all international community gatherings at the UN or, or regional levels really switch gear and coronavirus isn't really the crisis actually in prisons that crisis was already there you know the fundamental and systematic issues that we're documenting and and have been for many years around overcrowding the overuse of imprisonment the lack of implementation of alternatives to imprisonment 
and you know longer sentences the use of life sentences is, is massively increasing that really has meant that prisons were already at crisis point in many many countries and now this global pandemic has taken these systems to their brink do you think that the Congress has been connected enough to those other policy areas like development and with the rest of the UN in its engagement? Or do you find it is something that focuses purely on the, the crime and justice policies almost in isolation? Yeah, I mean, I think there's room for improvement. Now more than ever, we see that there just needs to be more coordination and more effort to kind of develop policies and develop recommendations and models that look at not just, you know, crime prevention and kind of upholding all the standards around criminal justice and so on, but actually human rights, health development, as you as you say. I think there has been some results like we've seen with regard to drug policies. So the Commission on Narcotic Drugs is the principal decision-making body under the drug conventions. But the impact of drug policies are, you know, really far-reaching and they touch on health, human rights and, you know, transnational organised crime, as you would well know. So we've worked over the last, I would say, maybe five or six years with other partners in civil society and also member states to bring in human rights expertise, so involve the Human Rights Council and special procedures to make sure that the kind of discussions and recommendations that are developed in standards meet not just the kind of goals set down in the drug conventions, but also the international human rights standards that all the governments have committed to. And this really hasn't been easy, but I think over the past few years, it's been really positive to see that various special procedures and the Office on, of the High Commissioner for Human Rights do come to some of the the meetings on crime. And I know that, you know, they were sending a delegation to Kyoto. So we hope that whenever the, the Congress does take place, that the same levels of representation will be represented. But more needs to happen. And I think the ways in which the UN works after coronavirus, you know, it's a good time to take stock and look at kind of the processes and, you know, there's sort of New York, Vienna and Geneva hubs and so on, but sort of how do they work together? And we've all been challenged, you know, by the fact that we can't all travel around and meet face to face, but it's incredible how work can continue. So I'm sure the UN, like every other organisation, will need to kind of look at how we can improve <laughs> improve the ways of working post-COVID-19. There's going to have to be changes, um, not only in the Congress and the, the associated governing bodies of the UNODC, but it will be taking place all over the UN. And, and let's hope that there will be some positive reform and coordination coming out of this crisis. And also, uh, let's hope that civil society is also included and retains its ability to engage and influence proceedings at these bodies. I think that's uh, as important for whichever policy area you're working on, including organised crime and justice as, as, as we're working on. Yeah, I completely agree. Great. Well, Olivia Rope, thank you very much for talking to us at the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organised Crime today. We hope you have a good Congress whenever it does take place. And thank you very much. Thank you, Ian. Good to talk to you. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Take a moment to leave us a review. They help us get noticed and improve the show. 
For more on organised crime, head over to our website, www.globalinitiative.net. You can also follow us across social media by searching for The Global Initiative. This show was produced by Jack Megan Vickers with help from Paulina Russell-Barris. I'm Ian Tennant. Thanks for listening. Thank you.